Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing, spoiler alert, starring Jim Parsons. Today was a slow day at work for me. It doesn't usually happen on Fridays. Normally, it's like a mad dash to sunset. But anyway, it was not that way today. I was like, I'm pretty caught up in my school. I'm going to finish some things up tonight. I even got my Korean lesson in. So I was playing a little bit of hooky, watching some YouTube videos, and I ran across a music video of Spoiler Alert. And I was like, what is this show? And it looks like Jim Parsons in this. And I'm like, I don't really watch a lot of Western drama, but this actually looks like something I would watch. So I was going, I shall try and figure out what this is. So then I watched the preview, and I was like, I gotta watch this show this weekend. So I went online, and I was like, where can I watch Spoiler? And they're like, you have to buy it on Amazon or on Apple TV, and it's about 25 bucks. And I'm like, oh, taxes. I'm going, Anna, you can afford 25 bucks. So I bought spoiler alert and I watched it this evening and I have to say it was a very a very amazing show now I will say this is not a show I would watch with the kids and it's a very sad at the end but I also think it's one of the few western shows I've seen in a while that's modern it's actually pretty hopeful, even though it's dealing with a very, very hard subject on many different levels. Because I think, yes, we're dealing on one level with the story of Kit and Michael and their relationship for 14 years and Michael's having to deal with Kit's passing. But also we're dealing with a relationship that wasn't so good right before Kit passed and also a relationship that both parties felt like the other in some way wasn't there for them. For for Michael, Michael felt that Kit was maybe cheating on him, which he found out he was. And for Kit, he felt that Michael thought he had a more secure job and was a better provider, etc. So there was a lot of different multi-level things within this drama. And I think I'm going to do a couple of podcasts on this. So this is kind of like a rundown of the drama. Firstly, I would highly recommend you watch this drama. It's kind of like if America tried to do a BL, but with more of a sad um, side to it, with somewhat less likable characters. No offense to the characters at all. There are many good attributes in both characters that are main characters. I'm just saying they're not on the likability scale of the characters in Asian BL drama. I'm just being honest here. But it's real life. It's not, you know, a story. But the story centers around Kit and Michael. Kit and Michael met because Michael's friend dragged him to a bar one night. They met, they had a passionate moment, and then Kit had to take his friend home because she was drunk and snockered and needed someone to take him home take her home. They then met again at an art show of the friend. I think it was an art. No, they went for dinner. So they went for dinner and ended up back at um, Kit's apartment that his roommate had. His roommate's just kind of different. I'm not sure. Anyway, she eats a lot of bagels and just sits there like kind of like a, a cat in human form. But anyway, 
so you have they kind of have a passionate moment and then um, Michael goes to Kit's friend's art show that's like at a boutique kind of place but in the midst of all this and then we have a hilarious moment where Kit and Michael go back to Michael's apartment and it's full of Smurfs now I don't know why but from the dinner date scene to the Smurf scene I'm like I am kind of seeing myself in male form in Michael and how he handles dinner and also how he handles actually I would not be ashamed of Smurfs though I mean no offense because like I was looking at my house as I'm watching this movie and I'm going my house is kind of like Michael's house because I do not have Smurfs I'm not into Papa Smurf or any of the Smurfs I never quite got the Smurf thing but that was kind of before my time anyway by about a decade or two but my house is full of like artwork and chibi stuff and which is kind of funny because I'm not really a chibi person myself but I love plushies and I really like like fuzzy jackets and you know chibi art it's like no offense I was looking here and going I have my teacher posters on one wall of the solar system the weather and the continents on the other wall I have a bunch of artwork from Bob on another wall I have all my BL drama quotes and posters and whatnot. On the other wall I have my stitch poster. I'm like, my house is kind of smurfed up in my own, you know, quixotic way. And I'm like, I really wouldn't have it any other way because I love my house this way. And so I'm like, if someone did come to my house, whether it's friend or whatever, and I, I wouldn't have someone over to my house like that because that's not the way I am personally. I'm like, no, that's not gonna happen but I'm just saying if I have my friends over I'm like they know me and they're like oh this is on his house actually most of my friends come over and just nap it's like I don't know they walk in my door and they fall asleep I'm like I don't know it's a napping house but anyway my point is is I'm going I just I really liked it from like the dinner date scene and the the smurf scene because I was like it is so honest about life it's like when michael's sitting there and going you know i had a few of these then my mom died and then ebay happened and i'm like yeah ebay changed everyone's life it really did it allowed us to buy things that we never thought we'd have from our childhoods like my rafiki toy which is over here beside my bed but anyway i'm just saying ebay it was a catalyst of amazing change for some of us and i loved how like the first Christmas they were together, um, Michael bought Kit the magic set. And he's like, and I, I refrained from buying the $300 Smurf Christmas char character. And I'm like, I totally see myself in that behavior. I'm like, but I would probably go ahead and buy the buy button if I had enough in savings and had everything taken care of. Because I consider it an investment of sorts. But, anyway. So, Kit and Michael. But... The during their during their dinner date, I love how they are so completely honest with one another during the dinner date. It's like they don't bat any punches and they're very frank with one another. Which you know, I don't mean it weird, but you don't really see that in a lot of rom coms. It's like they don't really just, you know, try to hide things. And even like when they're at Michael's apartment the first time when Michael's sitting there going, and Michael and Kit are talking to one another, and Kit's like, 
you know, I went to the gym and I messed around with somebody and I know we're not really dating, but we kind of are and I want to try to be honest, but I've never been someone's boyfriend before. And you know, I'm not saying that what the behaviors that were exemplified in this movie were good behaviors, because I don't think anybody wants to be in a relationship where they're worried that their partner is with someone else. I mean, I know there are people who are in poly relationships, but we're not going there on this podcast. My point is most people do not want to, you know, they want to have a monogamous relationship with someone for the most part. I mean, I would say a high percentage of humanoids. But anyway, so, I mean, it wasn't like it was showing the ideal relationship and how things worked in the relationship at all. But I loved how the characters, like Kit, when he said this, he's like, I I don't know how to handle this and this scares me. Commitment scares me. What if it all falls apart? This really, really scares me. And then how Michael sits there and goes, I get that you're scared. I am scared too because if I do fall for you, if I do love you, you could break my heart down the road at some point. And that terrifies me. And I'm like, and then they both look at each other and go, we're both scared of something in this. And I think it's in that commonality and that complete honesty with one another in a way that allows them to have a relationship for 14 years. Because I think, you know, it's kind of interesting to juxtapose that moment at the beginning of their relationship with the moment near the end of their relationship where they're on the um, porch and they're um, they're on the porch and my um, kid is smoking his marijuana. Michael has his wine glass, and they're sitting there and they're basically kind of talking about what's going to happen if or when Kit dies because he doesn't have long left. And the one thing I think is interesting is the one question that, like, throughout the show, they've been having some relationship issues. They actually split apart in part of the show because Kit and Michael were having trouble resenting one another. And I will say both parties had good reason for their resentment. But the one thing I was thinking as I was watching the show, I'm going, you know, it's always easy to say this when you're outside of a relationship and you're not in it. So I'm like, it's so much harder when you're in the middle of it. But I'm going, you know, I would much rather break a relationship off before we ever got to the resentment stage. Because I think, you know, when people get to the resentment stage is when... People start to basically lose faith in the other person. And that's what then leads them to, you know, go out and maybe be with someone else. Or, you know, maybe not leave physically, but leave the situation emotionally. And I think that is even worse than when people leave physically. Because I'm like, if your heart isn't in it, then... You've really lost everything. But in the middle of all this, Michael turns to Kit near the end of the show and he's like, did you sleep with so-and-so? That he was a co-worker of Kit's. And he's like, yes, I, I did. And I'm basically sorry about that. And he's like, I'm sorry too. And he's like, I'm sorry that 
our relationship got to the point where I was basically making you feel like the bad person all the time, which then in turn led you to do this. Because if I hadn't been doing this, then they, basically the chances would have been much slimmer than you would have been doing that. Now, I'm not saying like, of course, there are times when a person just decides to go have a random affair, but usually it's not that. Usually it's because there's something that's gone awry, something has gone, you know, da-da-da-da. But I love how instead of sitting there and getting angry and upset and mad and wanting to, you know, terrorize the town because of the situation, both people just sit there and went, this wasn't good for both parties. This wasn't good because we both did things that we regret from the situation. But we also are both capable of sitting here and going, I screwed up and I screwed up. And this is why I think the show was interesting because I think that in relationships, it's not so much about having the perfect life or having the perfect situation. It's about sitting there and realizing that you care about people in spite of their human frailty, as it were. Because I love how, like, when Michael gets told by Kit that this happened, he's like, okay, that happened. And I'm sorry that I did this, which made you feel like you were less of a person. And that I didn't tell you you looked really good in your pants because I was afraid you would run off with someone else. I'm going, that is, that was bloody funny. I'm like, <laughs> you know, um, that, that was just weird. Like, you, you thought he was going to run off with someone else if you told him he looked good in his outfit. I'm like, that, like, happened never. But anyway, so I really like that scene because I'm going, it encapsulated such grace, I thought. You know, by the end of the show, the one word I was left with was I was like, this is chara. Chara is a Greek word, actually. I don't speak Greek, but I find words interesting in their entomology. But chara is basically where the root word for grace came from. And I think, you know, grace is used a lot for religious purposes by many people. But I think oftentimes we forget what grace is really for. Because grace, when it goes back to its root, or chara, is basically care in action. It's a thoughtful determination to sit there and go, I know that this happened and this wasn't good, but I also know that that is not going to dissuade me from doing X, Y, or Z. So I love how like at the end of the scene, the one character is like, will you marry me to Michael? Michael's like, you said you didn't really believe in marriage. He's like, you said that would make me chattel. And he's like, I'm getting ready to die here. We don't have much time. Will you marry me, Kit Mackle? And he's like, okay, okay, I will. So anyway, but I'm going, I love that scene because it's like, it is not about perfection, but it is about caring for people well in the midst of great, great difficulty. And I think that is what really got me about this show because I'm like, man, that was such 
a gracious show in many ways. I mean, I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. I'm like, oh, by the end of it, I did not have a dry eye. I was like, I hardly ever cry during shows. It's like it's usually an emotional sci-fi scene where your lead character who has faithfully done his best is dying and you're like, no. Or it is like one of these moments where it's like, you know, there is such grace and care in the midst of it being so not ideal in many ways. And I love how at the end of the show, when, um, what's his name? Kit, when Kit is dying and Michael is sitting there, he's like, you know, what if it wasn't What if it wasn't real? And I think, you know, for anyone who has gone through traumatic experiences, like, I don't remember where I'm going. Everybody goes through something traumatic in their life. Some people more than others. I'm like, you know, some it's like, wow, it just kind of hits like a wall and it's like, whoa. And some it's like, you know, you have one traumatic experience maybe or two, but it's going, you know, what if it didn't happen that way? What if it was a TV show instead of real life? What would I do then? And I love how at the end of this, when the um, when Kit dies, he gets up like it's a cutscene and he walks out of the room and Michael follows him. And he says, what, what, what would you... What are you going to do now? You've been at this for 13 years. What's your next thing? Because you're no longer going to be a part of this show anymore. And Michael's like, or Kit's like, I don't know what's coming next. I don't know where I'm going to be. But it's going to be okay. And then he says, one final question. What should I do, Kit? And he's like, you'll know. You'll know what you're supposed to do. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I've always thought, I don't want to ever be in a relationship where if for some reason I would go or something would happen, my partner or my kids would ever be in a situation where they'd be sitting there going, oh no, what do we do? How are we going to deal with this? Because I'm like, I want to be the kind of person that empowers my kids or empowers my partner and says, you know, yeah, it's that I'm gone, but go live your life, do your dreams, be crazy curious, and don't give up. Because at the end of the day, that's what I want. I mean, no offense, I'm like, I'm fine. Wherever I am after this, it's okay. But I'm like, I love how they ended that because I was like, man, that was good. So I would give this movie an absolute... Now, I will say there are a couple parts, again, you would not want to watch for the kiddies. And not because this is a movie about a couple of gay guys. It really has nothing to do with that at all. It's just, I would skip a couple of parts myself with the kiddos. But I still give it an absolute 10. And I love how Parsons did such a good job in this role. And also, the person who played Kit did a great job in this role as well as Kit. And I also, one other thing, there is a scene at the hospital when, and man, I was like, this, this scene I think was the one that I liked. I really can't tell if I like the one 
where they're sitting on the porch and right when they asked to if they want to marry that one but I think I actually as weird as it sounds that one in this scene because there is a scene at the hospital when kid is dying and Michael actually calls the man who Kit was having the affair with and he has him come to the hospital and he takes um, Kit's friend and Kit's parents and him go down the hall for a bit so he can talk to this person and I was like I really haven't met any spouse who would I don't mean that who would ever do that but I'm like really why wouldn't you do that because I'm like no offense I'm going that person also in their own way loved Kit and Kit loved them. Now I know it was broken and fractured and totally a disaster I will be the first to admit but they needed to make their peace while Kit was alive and I was like man and then at the end of that scene when that person comes out he and Michael have a moment and he hugs Michael and Michael hugs him and it's not like they're sitting there going like we're going to be best buds and it's all going to be rosy and shiny. It's not that at all. But what they are doing is sitting there and going, we both cared about this person. Yes, it was messy and yes, it wasn't good. And yes, there are things that we both would have done differently had we had a chance. But at the end of the day, that's not really what matters here. And I really love that scene for this, that reason, I guess. So if you have a chance this weekend, I would highly recommend, even though it costs an arm and a leg, to go out and buy, spoiler alert, The Hero Dies. It is totally worth it. I'm also going to be buying the book here, but probably not until summer, just because of my budget and the fact that I have to get through my 700 and some page business law book. And I'm like, I will not have time to read it before then, so there's no use buying it before then. But I would recommend getting both the book and the movie because if the book is anything like the movie, it is worth your time. Check it at the round table. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels, The Hand Network, Check It Roundtable, and also The Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website, that's onacar.com, that's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R-O-S-E-S, out of the snow, O-U-T-O-F, S-N-O-W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo, the The connection for that is at Onacar, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R. The last four to verify are 1143. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.